So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. From NBI Studios, this is Truth and Justice. Crowdsourced investigation in real time. I'm Bob Ruff. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Truth and Justice. This is your first bonus Friday follow up. As we are doing bonus episodes for the next couple of months while I prep for season 12. In this week's episode, we heard from Ed Eight and his wife, Kim, and they shared what's been going on with Ed in these last three years since he was released from prison after serving 20 years for a crime that he didn't commit. Uh, in this episode, I've, I've told listeners, and if you're not on any of our social media, we know that a lot of these interview type bonus episodes don't generate a whole lot of questions. So we are opening this up. For any question about anything, any case, anything you want to talk about, uh, be more of a free-flowing conversation. We're even talking about doing potentially some uh, Facebook Live. Uh, so if you're not on the Truth and Justice podcast fans page on Facebook, you might want to be because that's where we'll post live videos where we're, we'll do live Q&As on Wednesdays, which is the day we record these. Didn't do it this week because we have enough that we need to talk about already because there's been some developments in some other cases. Uh, but what we will have some of those along the way. Uh, so this episode, we have some questions uh, about Ed's case and about Ed and Kim. We've got some questions about the Delphi murders. Uh, we've got some questions about the West Memphis 3 case and some updates there. So we're going to get into all of that right after a break. Texas Ranger James Holland is a legendary interrogator. They call him the serial killer whisperer. You can't hide those indications. And that's why yesterday I knew that he did it. But now, shocking interrogation tapes reveal how the super cop really operates. And that's why they asked me to come in, because I'm special. From something else, The Marshall Project and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Smokescreen. Just say you're sorry. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Ford Ranger, a vehicle for all terrains and every passion. It's a workmate, a playmate, and to its drivers, a soulmate. So how do you improve the Ford Ranger? You go all in. The all-new Ford Ranger, the UK's best-selling pickup. Now available with rear bumper steps, tailgate workbench, and enlarged load box that can fit a Euro pallet. Go break it in. Search all-new Ford Ranger. Ford Pro, driving productivity. According to SMMT data, features may be optional extras with additional cost. All right, guys, let's jump into these questions. Our first one's from listener Chris. Can we talk about the Delphi case for a second? I'm dying to know your thoughts with the latest news. Anthony Schatz. All right, so to touch base, for those of you that are unaware, and Zach is more familiar with this than I am, so I'm going to have him kind of break down what's going on. Yesterday, which was Tuesday of this week, is the first time I saw it. Uh, Somebody posted on the fan page where the the Indiana State Police 
put out kind of a weird press release on social media. So there's essentially this guy that's been catfishing young girls and he was used. So Anthony shots, I guess is, I don't know if that's the guy's name or he was definitely using his pictures as a well-known male model. So that was actually just a social media name. Anthony underscore shots was the, the, the gentleman's social media handle, but that's not the, the model's name. That is not the model's name. The, okay. the model's name, uh, is like Victor something. He's a Alaskan police officer actually. Okay. So they put out that there's this, uh, this social media handle, Anthony underscore shots that's been using on, on Instagram and on Snapchat and other social media forums. And the guy has been using that handle and using photos from this male model to entice young girls, underage girls to uh, share nude pictures and sexually explicit photos and things with them online. And they're asking for anyone who has had any interaction with this person to contact them. But where they said to contact them was the Delphi tip line. It was, it's like, it's like Abby and Libby tips at G whatever, whatever the email address is, but it's, but it's the, it's the Abby and Libby Delphi murders tip line where they wanted information. Now, shortly after that, I saw that this guy had been arrested. Now, I don't know if they already had him in custody when they put that post out. He was arrested in 2020. Right. And, and has, has been in custody since 2020. His hearing, his, his hearing for that charge is literally like next week. Right. And that's what was weird. They just now put it out. So it seems that they made some kind of connection uh, that, that has led them to believe that he may have some connection to the Delphi case. It's really the whole situation is strange to me, whether he has anything to do with this or not. It's weird that the ISP put that that notice out saying they were looking for anybody that had communication with this particular user. They they were very explicit to say not the person in the pictures, right? The actual creator of the account. They were very explicit saying that they're looking for that person, right? But it's strange to me that this person's in custody. They they seem to know this person was in custody at the time uh-huh. for this exact thing. Right. I mean, he's he's being charged with child pornography. Um, it's got like thirty counts. Yeah. I mean, it's it's craziness. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that he's been on the radar since the beginning. There's there's some there's some speculation that he's been on there for a long time. He's I want to say they they had a search warrant on his house like in 2017. And he lived in like Peru, Indiana, yeah, right? which is not from far yeah. from the crime scene. Uh, yeah, I, I would say maybe less than an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the whole thing is strange. I don't know if they're pulling at strings or if they legitimately have something here. The, the thing is, for me, is they've kept this investigation so close to the chest, right? Mm-hmm. Or close to the vest. I don't know how you say that. Um, always, I think it's always been close to the vest is how I've heard it. Close. Let's say close to the vest. They, they, I think it's close to the chest. Yeah. <laughs> The point is they haven't shared much about the investigation and the fact that, I mean, that they put this out publicly, that they're looking for information from this guy Mm -hmm. in connection, obviously with Delphi, because they want it to come into the Delphi tip line, the Delphi murders tip line leads me to believe that they believe that there's a pretty strong connection there. And then all of a sudden, maybe it kind of makes sense if somebody, if it was through Snapchat, Mm -hmm. If this guy was catfishing the girl somehow and somehow lured them out there, then like you, I guess you could see how it could happen. 
I could definitely see how it could happen. I've been digging in this for the last two days pretty deep. I've, I've looked at a lot of the guys' photos. I, I don't know what they're pulling at here. I, I don't feel like the individual fits bridge guy. Okay, how's that? Um, so the appearance of the of bridge guy, he, he's dressed, the, the attire that he's dressed in leads me to believe he's an older gentleman. And, and when I say older, I say late 30s, early 40s, something along those lines. The, the person in question here, um, if we say his name. Go ahead, say it. Because he, he has been arrested for these other charges. His name is Keegan Anthony Klein. Um, a lot of people on, on the internet have been calling him KKKAK. You know, a lot of, a lot of the Delphi stuff is, goes by initials because they're trying not to put anything out there. Uh-huh. His attire doesn't fit that. And he doesn't lead me to believe that he's a person that's going to fake his attire to go meet these people. So what does his attire look like? Every picture he's posted in is a baggy shirt, shorts. He's got a flat bill hat on. I mean, I say that I have one on right now, but. Flat bill hat. I mean, he's very about his persona in all the photos he has. I, I don't feel like that person fakes an older gentleman to go out there. Is he younger too? Is he, he is in- younger. He's he's. I mean, even even at this point, I, I think would say thirties now. Right. You know, I mean, this is past. I think he was twenty three, twenty four, maybe twenty five, somewhere in that. Well, I mean, it was only four years ago. Yeah. So I mean, he's late late twenties now, maybe thirty. Right. But I mean, I'm pretty good at math. I think that if he's in his thirties now, that he wasn't twenty three. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. But what I'm getting at is I don't see I don't see the appearance that they see. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's a big thing to me. I know that maybe I'm grasping at things too. I don't know. the The problem is this, this whole case has been nothing but a witch hunt, and that's right. the hard part. Is we've had we had so many suspects down the line that have literally been called out by different podcasters. You know, maybe not by name, but I mean, literally been called out one after another for different things, and they all seem to fall by the wayside. Just uh, covering what might be an obvious topic, is that Delphi hotline exclusively for the, the that case, or is it just the broad hotline for the ISP? So so I believe the hotline is called like the Libby and Abby yeah. tip hotline or whatever. So, I mean, it, it, it seems to be for that. Now, I could be completely off base here, but it seems to be for that. I, I think maybe he does have some connection. I don't know. I mean, there's so much that could go on with this. So let me, I, I wish I had had my computer hooked up to the soundboard, but it's, it's too late now to do that. But I want to, so Sarah Turney, podcaster, um, she, and she, she's a friend of mine. She, on, on Twitter, she had posted this video that, w- that ISP had put out. You know, say, with that same information from the press release mm-hmm. that says that they're looking for anybody that communicated with them. Someone commented under that that says, do they not have forensic investigators to find the information they're seeking? I want to know if this is new info. I hope it's new because waiting four years serves no one. And then Kelsey German, who's Abby's sister, mm-hmm. commented. So this is directly from her, from the family. She said, even if they have had it for years, that means they've investigated thoroughly and know it's relevant. They're sharing now, in my opinion, because they've researched enough that now they need the public's help. What's I think important to point out is that Kelsey has been, I've met Kelsey. She's, she's amazing. Very, very strong woman. Uh, very sweet. And she has, she's usually the first one every time that a new suspect or new information comes out online She's usually the first one to say, stop talking about this. There's no, there's nothing indicating that this is relevant. There's nothing indicating 
the and obviously the 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 state police would be communicating with the family. So she's mm-hmm. usually the first one to squat. You know, we had the guy that um uh just earlier this year, I think, uh in this the wintertime this year, the guy that lived down the road that they were trying to piece together. Oh yeah, what was his name? I can't remember. Chad something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the guy with the TikTok account. Mm-hmm. She had tweeted about that and said, you know, the guy stopped. There's no, there's nothing indicating this guy has anything to do with it. Um, so the fact that she says here, and I'll read that again, even if they had it for years, that means they've investigated it thoroughly and know it's relevant. So Kelsey has gone out publicly and said that it sounds like to me, she believes that this is relevant. Barbara McDonald, who I've had on True Crime Binge, also, um, they did the Down the Hill podcast. Uh, she said the info about this fake profile has evolved from 2017. There's all. Have you gotten into any of the in research? I've just caught little stuff I've seen on on Twitter and stuff. I, I read an article last night where when he was arrested, or it almost seems like he. I, I think if I was, it's hard to parse through, but it seemed like he may have been actually interviewed about Kelsey and Abby's murder. In 2017, I mean, I believe that's where all of that came from. Oh, the search warrant and all of that. That's came what from. I. Th- so I was reading that. So the way I read it was, they, the police were interviewing him as a suspect mm-hmm. for these murders, and it was during that that uh, execution of that search warrant when they found all the child pornography and all this stuff, and that's how he got arrested for these other charges. I do believe that's right. Okay, so 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 he was a suspect. We have to know that he – so this is a guy that lives over an hour away uh, or an hour or so away. He doesn't live right there. So it's Mm. not like he's a guy in the neighborhood. So you have to believe that he became a suspect. I would think – and this is just – I'm speculating right now. But I would would think that for him to be a suspect would be because of something they found on Abby or Libby's phone. Yeah, maybe a communication, a Snapchat communication, some kind of communication with the individual. Right. So – you know, otherwise, how does he get brought in as a suspect to begin with? No, it definitely. I mean, I, I agree. I definitely feel like he's had communication with the girls. Um, I just I don't know if he's the he's the one. I mean, it's it's so hard anymore. It's, yeah, it, I guess that's the problem is now that I've we've been this deep and I've and I've dug really deep in Delphi that every time something comes up, I, it, it's always a dead end. It's always a dead end. And it always like now I'm almost discouraged at the point Like anytime anything comes up, I'm like, I don't, I don't feel like it's this person. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like for me, I've, I've always had a hard time piecing together. So if bridge guys is, is a guy that just happens to be there, I fully believe that bridge guy came from the cemetery. Mm-hmm. I think he came from that direction and was waiting. Then he, then he left that direction. And it's like, is he just waiting for any random victim? Uh, or was it targeted? If it was targeted, how did he know they would be there? But then all of a sudden, like it, it, it with this guy's kind of MO, it now it, like I guess I I can see a scenario where it makes sense where he lured them out there and told them go on these paths and I'll meet you out on the bridge mm-hmm. and then they get there and you know we see we see in the in the photos how he kind of walks past them and then kind of corners them on the other side and then turns around because of course they wouldn't recognize the man they saw as the man they were looking for because he was using that model's photos correct. So I, I don't know. I could see. And also, do we have any photos of him from 2017? Because I've seen his mug shots from 2020. I've seen several photos of him throughout the years and his weight has changed. He's kind of come up and down in weight. Mm-hmm. It's it's his it's his attire that that gets me. And I just don't feel like 
that person is is going to try to outsmart them to dress the way he dressed in that situation. Yeah. And I know that's very little. And honestly, with this being said, I'm not defending this individual. This individual is clearly a vile human being. Right. But there's also nothing to elude that he is violent. Mm -hmm. He has these disgusting charges against him that are, that are, I mean, horrible. Right. But it also doesn't, there's nothing in there saying that he's alluding to violence going to do this that I'm aware of. Nothing that I saw. Yeah. I, man, I don't know. Cause we, I don't think we have the full picture either. I'm trying not to look up the article because there, there was, there was something with the arrests or there was something when he was questioned in 2017, they, there was like, he had several different phones and then they found a phone that he or he said he had a phone that was like missing. He couldn't find it. Mm hmm. And then he ends up presenting the police with the phone, but he had wiped all the information off of the phone. And, and, and so the, all this was laid out. I'm trying to, sorry, in real time, I'm trying to look this up. Well, I can't get, I, I can't get this to load right now. But anyway, there was in the article, there was details. Look it up. There's, I think somebody posted it on the Truth and Justice podcast fans page, the article. Um, but it, it, it seems like he definitely had some some devices that he held back from the first search warrant and then later turned them in. I think they had evidence that he owned these devices, but he managed to delay long enough to wipe them and clear the history on them, but they were able to recover some of the information from it. It just looks, if what happened was he was questioned as a suspect in in this case, the only thing that really makes sense is that he was questioned as a suspect because they found something on the girl's phones that linked him to them. And then you find out that he is a predator of girls their age. And then you have Kelsey who has, I would imagine still has direct contact with the police saying that she believes that it's relevant. The reason they're posting it is relevant. I think that, you know, I'm not saying the guy, the guy did it, but I think there's a legitimate reason they're looking into him, but. Uh, we'll move. We'll move on from there, unless you have anything else that I have left out. No, I like I said. I mean, that's just that's just my summary of it. And they, you know, the Delphi police have never actually came out and said this is a suspect. They said they're looking for this individual to to you know anybody that's had communications with this individual. Right. So I'm I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. And see, when I first saw it, I thought that the reason was they were looking for him, mm-hmm. like they're trying to find out where this guy's at. And then I find out, so wait, they already have him in custody. So what are they trying to find? I I don't know. Is it to build a case against the guy? I mean, it could be to build further a- build a case. I mean, they have something like enough. My guess is they're looking for someone to say he tried to get me to meet him to meet him out on that bridge. That that is probably what I mean. That's honestly probably what they're trying to do. And he was twenty seven. He's twenty seven now. He's twenty seven. Yeah. So he was twenty three at the time. Yeah, it's hard to see. The only picture I saw of just, him, just so we get that one out there. Yeah. Listen, I was only going, you said he's in his 30s now, and he was 23 four years ago. That was all I was pointing out. But so he was 27 now, and he was 23. According to what I just looked up. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know. I've never gotten a good picture of Bridge Guy, that jacket. I mean, loose jeans and jacket. Is it really camouflage, or did he just grab something that's not his? That could be as well. Or could there be two two people involved? Uh, Yeah. I mean, there's still a lot of speculation on that. I mean, there's a ton of speculation. There's another individual connected to this Keegan Klein, closely connected to him, that has a lot of suspected issues as well with with young children. Right. So, I mean, and that's this one hasn't been confirmed. This is just 
the rumor mill and i'm not going to put any more out there but i'm just saying there is right a second individual they're looking at as well so well we'll keep you updated if we get more information uh and with that mike let's go ahead and, and, move and, through. and very well could be in two days this could be what we're saying could be irrelevant well the problem is this the the state police typically never they never say this person's a suspect and therefore they never tell you when they're not anymore mm-hmm. right so there's always like this new guy that they think is a suspect, that people think is a suspect because there's an arrest made and there's all the hype around it. And all of a sudden you realize three months later, like, hey, whatever happened to that guy? Yeah. You know, there was a dude out in Colorado. There was this guy from that lived down the, you know, lived close by with the the TikTok video stuff. There's just, yeah. So who knows? But I don't know. It, it, I, I certainly hope they're making some progress. And now with that, let's move on. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Richard says, Bob, were you able to make it to Ed's? I was not actually. So what I was hoping, I as I told you guys, I was going to the desert to look into our next case. Yeah, I had a connection in Dallas and it was pretty tight. And I thought oh, if something gets delayed, then I'll sneak an Uber out and run out and run over to Ed's. Uh, as it turns out, my flight to Dallas was delayed and I had to sprint across the airport to get to my next connection. So I was just going to ask you as a secondary question, how was flying this time around? Because I know last time you flew, it was. Any a issue. nightmare. Yeah. yeah. No, everything was smooth. Other than that, like I said, we were a little delayed getting out there. I had to hustle a little bit in Dallas. Um, other than that, flights were all smooth. Janaea says, I'm dying to know what happens with regards to finding Elnora's real killer. Can nothing happen until Ed is officially exonerated? Will Ed have to do what Damien has had to do, where the lawyer does the investigation they should have done to prove someone else did it, to finally convince them of actual innocence? You know, I... Uh... I, I don't know. I I think the best route to proving Ed's innocence is to prove who actually did it. From my understanding, you know, the the DA's office is the holdup right now. There there's there's some evidence that that is waiting to be processed to be that that I think could prove who actually did this, and they're just kind of sitting on their hands. So you know, we've been waiting for years now for for something to happen. But but I really hope. But you know, a big thing that I think is important to point out is you know people people come out of prison and you know they 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 react in one way or another and i think that the reason ed is doing so well is i mean 100% ed wants to be exonerated he wants his name cleared it's important to him but i think it's extremely healthy for him mentally that he has also decided that he missed 20 years of his life and he's told me before i'm not going to miss the next 20 and and he is living his life. He's not hung up. He's not 
spending every minute worrying about his case because even though he wants his name cleared and even though that's very important to him and that he wants justice for for Elnora at the same time he's he's got a lot of time to make up for and he's going to he's not going to dwell on it and he's he's living his life and it's and and he's doing great and I think that's why Michelle wants an update on the new rough pub Mac, our German short hair pointer, I think I've talked about him on the show or not, but he is 15 weeks old now, doing great. Just had his uh, final round of vaccination yesterday. He's 27 pounds. He was eight pounds when we got him. 27 pound German short hair pointer actually helped track a deer for my brother this a couple weekends ago. That dog is adorable. He's he's pretty awesome. He was the hit at Halloween. Your wife brought him to my house at Halloween yeah. and he was the hit. More people wanted to pet the dog than get candy. The funny thing is he's got those floppy ears and mm-hmm. it's been real windy lately and there's not much more fun or more cute than watching him sitting out in the backyard and the wind blowing and his ears just flopping in the wind. Yeah. Has has Titus come around yet? Uh, I caught him yesterday. Titus is my German shepherd, one of my German shepherds. Uh, I walked in the living room and they were laying on the couch together like like Mac was curled up inside of like they were spooning that's big yeah titus looked a little upset that i saw gotcha all right this next one's from listener joe i'm assuming i sorry if i'm not saying your name right bob are you going to deep dive the autopsy from the last mini case judging by the testimony versus notes are we even sure the victim wasn't stabbed to death or poisoned yeah um i yeah i'm not sure is that is that jto yes i see i see that person Post. I, I don't know if that's a name or an acronym or what. So our apologies if we get that wrong. Um, yeah, I, I mean the autopsy. There's not much to Emerson's autopsy. I did read it. It's no, it wasn't stabbed or 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 poisoned. I mean, it was. There's a very clear bullet hole. The, the fact that they're not able to identify the caliber is not at all uncommon. It's not like you know we we get, we, we see too much CSI on TV. We we're like, oh, I can see right here that he was shot with a nine millimeter. The difference in sizes of rounds between uh, a two twenty three caliber and a nine millimeter and a ten millimeter is literally millimeters, mm-hmm. tiny, tiny. I mean, and you have skin and tissue that bends and moves when something pe- penetrates it. It doesn't leave a perfect hole, and the bullets deform when they hit flesh. So it's it's not at all uncommon that they can't do that. Well, and I think you brought it up in seasons before with with knife wounds. Yeah. Where if the knife wound is large, it doesn't rule out a small knife. If it's small, it can rule out a large knife, right. but, but it can't vice versa. And right. it's the same thing with rounds. If it's a if it's a a large hole, you can't rule out a small round. Right. Because it could still make that. Yeah, and that's exactly right. Like a knife like if you have a knife a knife wound that's one inch wide, then Anything one inch and smaller could be the weapon, but a one and a half inch knife can't be Mm -hmm. because it can't make that small of a wound because, yeah, because it it compresses when it goes, the skin compresses when it goes in. Daniel says, what's the hardest thing about being on the road doing the investigation? Do you miss your family, et cetera? I definitely always miss my family when I'm gone. Um, To be honest with you, this one, like folks, when we, when we start season 12, you're going to. Get your notebooks ready. This case is I, – I, I have not been this excited to dive into a case. Let me put it this way. Prior to me leaving the desert on the day I was headed to the airport, I already booked my next trip, January 8th. I'm going back again. There's just more people to talk to, more information to investigate. 
this this case is 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 intense. There's a lot to it. It's very intense. Um, and I'm sure you guys will be, we're going to need all of your help to try to make some progress on it once we get started. And I think we can, I think the case is solvable. Um, so this trip, I would say the hardest part of this trip was not enough hours in the day. I mean, literally was, was from dawn till dusk way beyond that. I mean, I was sorting through crime scene photos at three o'clock in the morning one night Mm -hmm. and just up and going just so much to do, um, in general, the most difficult part about being on the road for me is that I don't like to go to restaurants by myself. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. If I'm uh, going to be honest. No, that makes perfect sense. I was going to say the the unforeseen obstacles that you come across because you are committed to a time frame there. Right. So like in the Jeffley case, when you got there and then you had to figure out how to get into Green Arbor because now there was a gate. Right. Yeah. That wasn't there before. So, so it was little things like that, that that pop up in my head. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm not the one traveling, but I think about things like that that you tell me. All the time. Yeah. There's always stuff like in this in this one, you know, where I had to go on the map looked like it was a short trip and it was really about an hour long trip to get where I needed to go out to the crime scene from where I was staying. And I was out there six times Ooh. Uh, during this trip because I just kept uh, keep going back and going back and going back because there's just so much to it out there the desert of Georgia, <laughs> right? The Georgia desert. The Georgia. Desert. Um, I'm just gonna keep saying different places. But yeah, for real. That that uh, and, and this trip was a, a, so. What I normally try to do is I try to book hotels that have a hotel bar and restaurant and and restaurant because that's my comfort zone. Is I'll eat the same place every night is. When I need to sit down for dinner, I go down to the hotel bar, usually order a glass of bourbon, order my dinner, sit at the bar, usually I'll get friendly with the bartender. So I I just I don't like sitting at a table by myself. I look weird. I'm not I'm not one of those guys that's on my phone all the time. I don't do social media really. Mm-hmm. So I'm just sitting there staring at nothing. But usually the bar, there's a game on TV. Also, by the way, I don't really watch sports very much. Uh, but if there's a game on the TV, I can, you know, appear to be doing something while I'm sitting there. I like it. Just a weird thing. My wife says that I uh don't have enough self-confidence if I can't sit it, but I don't, I hate it. I hate sitting at a restaurant by myself. I'll do that. I'll go, I'll go to a movie by myself. I'll go to a restaurant by myself. I don't like it. I don't like going by myself. Really? I, see, you shocked me. So, so you have no problem walking to a restaurant, sitting at a table by yourself and. I don't care. I really don't. Nah. It's a millennial thing. I, I would. I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's just not a thing. I mean, I can, <laughs> I can understand, I guess, why people would be, a, not be able to do it, but it's yeah, just not. It's not for me. I can't. I don't enjoy it. Feels weird. Feels very awkward. Do you ever have the issue of of worrying about possibly getting recognized out there? I mean, I know you're not, you know, you're a podcaster. They hear your voice, but now you've been on TV a couple times. Yeah, um, I never worry about it, but it's definitely happened a lot uh, yeah. more, more than you would think. Just being just a little podcaster, I've I've had people at the airport. I've had people in restaurants. The best time that ever happened to me though was when I was filming the TV show. And I was hanging out with um, some the, a couple of the producers and one of the PAs on mm-hmm. the show. We all went out to dinner. And, of course, you know, my personality, I'm always joking around being a smart ass. And I would constantly tell them anytime we went somewhere, like, just tell them who I am. I'm kind of a big deal. I'm a podcaster. People know me. You know, You're like joking around like that. So I had been laying that shit on heavy that day to, to these guys, Matt and Jeremy. I think it was just Matt and Jeremy were, were with us. And we go to the sushi place. And we're sitting there eating. And, and of course, I'm 100% joking. And all of a sudden, the bartender comes over or the, the waitress comes over and sets down a glass of bourbon with a napkin. And on, and on the napkin, it says, 
free Adnan. Nice. And they sent it down in front of me in a cup. And they're like, what's that? I'm like, told you guys I'm kind of a big deal. And as it turns out, we hear like the, like the, the, the chatting behind us and we look and there was the people in the booth behind us are both, we're both fans, both nice. listeners. That's awesome. And they recognized my voice. They didn't see me, but they recognized my voice. And then they heard some of our conversations about West Memphis three, because that was the TV show we were shooting. Uh, and so sent me a drink. I think my favorite time of, of witnessing you get recognized is when the little young lady asked you about music. And then you realized that oh, she thought you were captain. the captain. <laughs> I spent that sp- was that was the best. Spent five minutes taking pictures with this lady and chatting with her about stuff, and then she. I have one question for you. I want to have a question about live music, and I just and I had to say with my tail between my legs. Do you think that I'm the captain? <laughs> and she. It didn't help that I was standing with Nick. Yeah, she's like, yeah. Son of a bitch, he's right there. That was the best. I laughed. I had a, a hearty chuckle. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I've, I've never, I have had it when I've been working on a case before, but I mean, nothing bad's ever happened. It's not like I'm famous, so if somebody does it to me, it's kind of a big deal. I immediately call Becky and let her know that I am kind of a big deal. <laughs> Someone bought me a drink at the bar. Then she hangs up on you. Yeah, she says, whatever. Take the trash out when you get home. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. All right, Lynn says, now that you're back to full investigating, did you feel rusty getting up to speed or was it like the pandemic pause never happened? I'm going to jump on this first before you get anywhere. Mike and I noticed this first thing this morning is how excited you are right now. Yeah. And I will let you go on from there. But his... Fire is back 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, we had it in the Jeffley case. Obviously, there was, you know, Jeffley case was a, was a tough one. And there was just so many roadblocks kind of along the way. But definitely rusty. Definitely when I got out there, especially a case this complex, it took a lot of, I definitely had to shake the cobwebs off as I, as I got started. But then really, I mean, I really feel like, uh, like you said, it kind of back or the fires back. Like when I went to the crime scene, I went to the crime scene with one of the trial or one of the attorneys that was at the trial and some family members and started walking the scene and started piecing things together. Like it was, it really was like something clicked in me. And all of a sudden it was just like, Oh, I remember how to do this now. And I'm trying to piece together crime, you know, cause those are, I consider some of my strong suits are crime scene reconstruction uh, uh, behavioral analysis on the crime scene, 
And it was just like nothing was making sense. It was almost like I had this big a, a box full of puzzle pieces that I couldn't quite get to fit together. But then when I was on the scene, it started coming back and excited is right. I, I don't I don't know if that's the right word for it, but I am I, I I'm jacked for this case. I want to solve it. I want the, I feel I feel so strongly about helping the people that we're working on on helping. One hundred percent believe they're innocent. I think the case is solvable. There needs to be justice for these victims, and so you heard, you've already heard we've got multiple defendants, we have multiple victims, and there's just such a wealth of information there that I'm it, so. And I, I should point out, I'm not at this point putting a date on season twelve. So please, I, I really hope that you guys are are okay with bearing with us for a little while here with these bonus episodes because this case requires one hundred percent of my attention. For me to get to a place, you know, I, I'll tell you right now that, you know, I'm, you know, when I went doing these preliminary investigations before we start the show and start the real time investigative work, you know, I, I'm usually trying to get an idea. Okay. Where do I think who are going to be some alternate suspects? What can we do right now? I'm still completely trying to figure out the, what happened. I'm not even close to when we were discussing the case out there, like, well, what about this and this and this as a suspect? I'm like, listen, I can't tell you what happened. I can tell you what didn't happen. I can't tell you what happened, so I'm not even close to being able to tell you who did it. Uh, and, and so I, I know January 8th, I'm going back for another trip. That'll be a full trip. That may be the last one before we start the show and go back. I may have to do another one after that. And meanwhile, I've got thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of documents that I'm sorting through. So you know, please, we're, 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 we're going to continue to put out content every week. We're going to try to give you stuff that you guys want to hear. Uh, this week we're gonna. Ha- I've 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 got an interview coming with um, with Jamie Snow from season seven. We did an update with him. I got him on the phone uh, just last night, so that's gonna be this week. So you get a little update from Jamie and hear about his Thanksgiving meal. And also, there's been some big updates in his case. We'll hear about and and we got a lot of other stuff planned that, that we're hoping shakes out. But essentially, I'm gonna be doing my best to be able to record interviews that are of value to you that I can publish or that I can record, send a mic and then get back to work on the case as opposed to me having to do a ton of research and, and writing stuff. And I'm just, just trying to be very transparent with you. So if you, if you feel like I'm mailing it in for the next few weeks, I'm, I am because, uh, because, because uh, my attention is 100% focused on this case that we're about to start for season 12. So just know that. And, and I hope y'all bear with, with me through this. It's it's going to be a process, but I promise you, you're not going to be disappointed. I'm, I'm looking for probably a February launch of season 12. Our last question is from Lynn. Are there any comments on the Mara Leverett West Memphis 3 latest FOIA showing two missing exhibits? Do you know what those items are? Number 275 and number 138. Okay, so what's happened was, first of all, I will say I told you so in the fact that I, as I said all along, West Memphis Police Department is lying when they say they've destroyed all the evidence. Mara, you know, there was a court order that that required West Memphis Police to finally respond to these FOIAs because you know Damian and his team have been have been asking them to give tell them where the evidence is and if it was destroyed, when and by whom. For months now, they've been ignoring it. Uh, they finally had the court order by the judge, Mara Leverett, who wrote the book The Devil's Knot, uh, is still dig is still deep into this case, filed her own FOIA request, 
And she got back, uh, I think it was yesterday is when I saw it on social media, a list of a shit ton of evidence that they had literally, here's all the evidence in the case, the bike, the clothing, just all this stuff, stuff we were specifically requesting that they do still have it. It says where it's at. There was only two items in the entire list that said that they are unable to locate. And it's that item number 138 and item number, I believe, 275. I don't know. I haven't had time to dig through. I did see somebody post a photo that that showed exhibit 138 at trial was one of the random sticks found at the crime scene. Uh, But then I saw somebody else post something that had that 138 and another sequence of numbers. I don't know yet. I'm going to be continuing to look into that. One of the bonus episodes I'm hoping right before we recorded today. I just reached out to Mara, and I've asked her to come on and do an interview. I have no idea if she's up for doing that, but I'm hoping that will be a bonus episode coming up very soon is to get Mara on the show, and she can talk about because she's been doing a ton of legwork on this just in these last few months, and in this, you know, and her work on the case dates back decades, so she's a great resource to have on the show. So hopefully that's coming up soon. This Sunday here in two days, we've got Jamie Snow. Uh, I also am working on uh, doing an update with Jesse Eldridge. So, you know, we're going to keep plugging along. Uh, I think that those there will lead us right into we're taking a week off for Christmas. And then we're just going to keep plugging along as we as we start to figure out and get organized to present season 12, uh, our case in the desert. Till then, we'll talk to you guys next week. See you guys. All right, guys. Bye. Truth and Justice is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Wondery. Produced and edited by Mike Bussing, and all music for the show was created and composed by PutThemInASong.com. Our follow-up logo was created by Zach Weaver, and all of our font across all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. You can find more of Tate's work on Etsy. Thank you to Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website, Truth and Justice Pod, where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. And a big thank you to our transcription team, Pamela Westby, Kathy McElhaney, Charlena White, Kay Wood Yomnick, Ginger Fiola, Edith Swanneck, Lindsay Pease, Erica Cantor, and Jen Reese Incandela. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. If you like the show and you'd really like to support us, you can do so in a number of ways. To financially support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. On the Patreon page, you can pledge as little as $3 a month, and we also have reward levels on Patreon that include access to behind-the-scenes videos of the tapings of our Friday follow-up episodes, ad-free versions of all of our episodes, Truth and Justice Army t-shirts and hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. You can also help us out by going to iTunes and leaving us a 5-star rating and review. And lastly, you can always support us by supporting the companies that sponsor this program. If you have a new case that you'd like us to consider for future seasons, you can submit your cases on our website, Truth and Justice Pod. Just click the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is engage in the investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page. For all of you tweeters, you can connect with us on Twitter at Truth Justice Pod. 
To follow our personal accounts on social media, I can be found at Bob Ruff Truth. Mike can be found at Murb Gaming, M-U-R-R-B-G-A-M-I-N-G. And Zach is at Z to the Q. And don't forget that we always have our 24-7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, and tips on our cases. That phone number is 269-224-2833. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, we're signing off. I'm Bob Ruff. I'm Zach Weaver. And I'm Mike Bussing. And this has been Truth and Justice. Dude, I'm so I'm so jacked up over this new case that I'm like good. Back to like, yeah, podcaster mode. Let's do this shit. Investigation. That's right. Ready to go. Spent all morning drawing on the whiteboard. You did. You sure did. Had a good chat. Oh, we had hours of it before you got here. Yeah. Yeah. And then you ruined everything when you walked in. <sighs> With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.